welcome and welcome back to playing it safe i'm extremely excited uh, to have a special guest today i've actually been talking with this guest i want to say we've been knowing each other for i want to say three years now right a little over three years that's crazy mm -hmm. to say that out loud uh, <laughs> i can't believe that much time has passed and um I want to introduce our guests. Uh, I have Misha here with me. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on is uh, all the roles that I know you do. Um, and I'll, I'll name a couple, but I'm just impressed how you balance everything. And so what, what people say about me, I think of you, because I don't see myself in those kind of different, you know, juggling everything. And so um, I'm just excited to bring you in. So Welcome. Thank you for coming. I, I hope all is well. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to connect with you again and be here with you on your awesome podcast. Congratulations on that. And yeah, so happy well, to be here. Well, thank you. So I wanted to bring you in and, and I told you a little bit more about the podcast and I know you do listen. And the main reason was you are a journalist and you have, very, you know, I've seen some various roles that you have. So you're a journalist. Um, I see you're a producer for a big company in Los Angeles. Uh, you're a writer on the blog. I've, actually, various ones, I've, I've seen that. And recently, you came out with a children's book of um, Rainbows and Storms. And so I've already read that to my kids over and over again, and we'll talk more about that. And you're a mother, you have uh, twin boys, and you have a daughter as well. And that's how we connected of our, our children that, uh, you know, were born with a heart defect. So you're managing all these different roles and you're, you still happen to volunteer your time and efforts to help give back to like the heart mom community because we call each other heart moms. You know, that's how we know each other. Uh, yeah. how, do you, how do you do it? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I feel like I, since Nyla and my daughter that was um, born like your son with a congenital heart disease, I feel like ever since she was born, my heart just kind of grew bigger um, in terms of, I just wanted to like help people, uh, especially because I felt like I've received so much help from the heart community, you know, just emotionally, um, not even in person, more like, you know, via text messages and instant messages. And so I just always have different ideas and I've always been very driven. Um, since I was a young girl, I really liked writing. And so my lifelong dream ever since I could remember was that I wanted to be a television, a television news reporter. So since like a super young age, I just always wanted to write stories and poems and, you know, all the typical things that you do in elementary school. Um, and my passion just kind of grew from there. Um, I wanted to also be a mom though, and a wife. And so I've just kind of worked really hard to try and make it all fit. But to answer your direct question, how I do it all is because I really have a lot of help from my mom. Uh, she's retired from the post office, and so she's kind of like my left hand. I always call her my left hand uh, because she helps me do all of the things that, you know, I want to do, that I have to do, and it's really like a team effort between her and I and my husband, too, when he's here. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Now, you talk about this drive, and you got it, you know, you've been driven since a little child. What, like, how did that come about? You know, do you, can you recall a specific incident or do you even know where that came from? Yeah, um, my parents, uh, I grew up um, in Baldwin Park, which is a city like outside of Los Angeles. 
Um, and so my parents were, you know, we're working class Latinos. And every summer we would go on vacation to Las Vegas because my parents really loved gambling. So they would like pack my sister and my brother and myself and their little car. And we would drive to Las Vegas. And, you know, for us kids back in the day in the 80s, it was like the coolest thing. Uh, but the entire way to Vegas, we had to listen to um, a local news radio program. And so if anybody has ever listened to like news radio, it's not the funnest for like a five, seven and 11 year old kid, but that's what my dad liked. And so we literally listened to news radio the entire way from Los Angeles to Vegas, which I think is about like three hours, depending on, you know, how many stops you make and how fast you're driving. Um, so I kind of just, that's where like my love for news and stories kind of developed. And so I think that that's kind of where it came from. Um, and so, like I said, in elementary school, I was writing. Um, when I got to high school, I was like a part of the school newspaper. Uh, and everybody would say like, why do you like to write this kind of stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's what I know. Like when I would get ready for school in the morning, I would turn on like the news. Mostly at that time in high school, I was interested in like weather reports because I wanted to see like, what should I wear? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? But I still like, that still, in my opinion, derives from my dad and his love for the news and making us listen to it all the way to Las Vegas and back. That is awesome. So, you know, it seems like you had a lot of support from your parents with this, um, you know, goal of be becoming a news reporter. And when you brought it up to them, you know, what was their response with that? Uh, their response was really um, positive. Like my dad really loved the news, obviously. He I always say like he, he's a person that knows a little bit about everything because he's so well-versed. Like I could talk to him about anything he knows about, you know, street stuff. He knows about politics. He knows about education. He knows, you know, he's just like an everyday guy, but he always knew so much about everything. He knew about, you know, the solar system. I mean, just like all of these like facts that as a little kid, I was just learning and he like knew it all, you know? So when I told him that I was interested in it, he's like, well, you know, let me have whatever you want to do. Like you just, you study it and you do it well and, and you can, you know, you can do anything you want to do. So as a kid and a teenager, like, you know, being a TV news reporter, like it just seemed like so far-fetched. Um, Cause I knew that like, not everybody makes it right. I mean, even to this day, I still feel like I, I haven't even ever made it, but I'm still like chasing that dream. And so um, ever since I just kind of, started writing in high school. Um, after high school, I went to a local Cal State here in California, and I pursued like my degree in journalism. Um, I was working at like a local uh, newspaper station or newspaper, like one that I grew up reading here in the San Gabriel Valley where I live. And so I always just knew that writing was what I really wanted to do. And I just tried to do anything I can to stay on that path, even if it wasn't like exactly what I wanted to do, because my ultimate dream was to be a TV news reporter. And for that, you know, anybody who knows journalism knows that you have to kind of follow that dream across the country. You go from one little station to another different station to this station, you know, and it's like a, it's a path that you have to create and you have to sacrifice a lot. Like you sacrifice your family and you go live places alone. And so I did that too, um, after working for a local uh, newspaper here that I was just mentioning, I did move to Idaho. And um, I was a TV news reporter there at a local station. And so at that time I was like, wow, like I really made it, you know? And my parents were so proud of me because that was what I always wanted to do. 
um, since I was in elementary school. And so, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother beast, but my parents going back to their support, like I was a single girl at that time. They packed me up in a U-Haul and we drove all the way to Idaho for, I don't know, it was like 14 hours. And then, you know, they dropped me off and I was like, please don't leave me here. <laughs> Cause I was by myself and I didn't know what to do. And I was in this like tiny town, you know, but it's what I wanted to do. And so I still had that like fire inside me and I'm like, no, I, I may be scared. I may be like homesick, but I'm going to do it. And so I sit there for like two years. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, that's kind of how I, um, followed my path to to that job but after my contract was over there I decided that I really wanted to get married and I wanted to be a mom and I knew that I was too close to my family to really give that all up and like travel you know the country going to different stations trying to kind of make it so I decided to come back to LA but I've still stayed um, in journalism and that was also my goal too was just even if I didn't um, continue to that ultimate goal, I wanted to find a way to still stay in in my lane. Kind of, I like to say that I'm staying in my journalism lane, and I and I kind of have think I've done a good job of doing that, even though it's a little slightly off track from what I really, really wanted to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely does. And I keep hearing you talk about um, knowing that it was going to be hard, and you you knew that you had to make sacrifices and move. Um, how did you like figure out that path? Like, how did you know you needed to go to school? I know you, you said that your dad said something about studying, but was, was there someone you were able to talk to, to figure out what you would need to do or how did that come Yeah, out? actually, yeah, actually when I was in high school, um, I was a cheerleader. And so, you know, Friday nights was like the big football games. And I went to a uh, private school out here in Los Angeles that had a really amazing football team. So we always had local TV news coverage. And so one Friday night, we're cheering at the game, and one of our local TV reporters was there. And so uh, my dad's like, do you see who's over there? Like, you have to go talk to him. Like, go ask him for advice. And I was so shy. And I was like, no, dad, like, come with me, please. And he's like, okay, let's go. So after the game, my dad and I go up to this TV news reporter. And my dad's like, this is my daughter, Nisha. She really wants to be a news reporter. Like, you know, what advice can you give her? And he's like, you want to be a reporter? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, okay. He's like, all you need to do is write. He's like, write, 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 and never stop writing. And I said, okay. And so that was like probably the best piece of advice that I ever got because um, knowing like when I went to journalism school here, all I did was write stories, like, you know, real stories, fake stories, made up stories, like, you know, your story, my story. I just, the whole school was about writing stories. And so I learned um, at, at, you know, at a young, at a young age in my career, that writing was the most important thing. And so, you know, when you're in school, you kind of learn what you have to do. You have to get an internship. So right before I graduated from um, the Cal State, I interned at a big um, station here in Hollywood. And, you know, it was like one of those things, like sacrifice like I went to school all day and then at night I interned I think my internship was like 6 p.m to midnight and I remember at that time my dad saying like are you sure that you want to do that like you know it's dangerous you're going to be on the roads you know by yourself like you're a young girl I think I was maybe like 24 and I said yeah dad you know I really want to do it I really really want to do it he's like okay so I did that for like six months and then after my internship was over and I graduated and I'm like, okay, I still have to write, like, you know, so I worked for like a super tiny, like monthly newspaper, you know, where you would get like one story 
um, one story uh, a week. And that was like my big, you know, that was my big thing. And so while I did that, I worked at a bank and like a bank was like the last place you'd probably ever find me dreaming of where I wanted to work. But I knew that I couldn't make money, you know, working at a monthly newspaper. So, so I did that. I worked a full-time job at a bank and then um, on my spare time, I would work at the monthly newspaper and it just kind of like went from there. You know, I, I did that until I was able to get a full-time job at a local daily newspaper. Um, and in the interim, you know, I just kept writing for different places. Like I would freelance write for other um, newspapers, like in the area that were hiring, you know, you know, I'll give you $25 if you write a story about, you know, this new um, restaurant opening. So I just did stuff like that. And I never forgot what that man told me, you know, he just said, always keep writing. And to this day, like, I remember that every single day when I wake up, because I'm still, a, you know, I'm still a writer, I write every day for my work now. So, so yeah, that is awesome. Because I think the you know, what I always when I'm talking to people in general, you know, most people have a desire of some sort. They just don't know where to start or what it takes. Because honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anything about journalism, but I wouldn't have thought about it as writing as far as the hustle. I mean, like all that, that, that was a piece right. of advice versus like, you know, apply to this place, apply to that place. That was mm-hmm. such a powerful uh, piece of advice that, you know, me not yeah. being in that field would not know that that was the key to it as the main advice, which makes sense to write, but you wouldn't think that was a primary um, mm-hmm. word of advice. So that, that's really incredible. Now, yeah, you know, because a lot of people, sorry to cut you no, off. Go ahead, no, go right ahead. You know, you know, a lot of people like you have, you know, like me, I had that dream, right? I want to be like a TV news reporter, like just, you know, let me be like live at 5 p.m. Like, that's great. But like, I knew that the odds of that happening for me was like, almost unattainable, you know, it's really hard to get to land that dream job. And so I knew that I would have to I would need all the skills. I could, I wasn't just going to like show up at some TV station and be like, okay, let me sit behind your anchor desk. I knew I was going to have to go in there and be like, you know, a quote unquote worker bee and do all the things, you know, all the researching, all the, you know, phone calls, you know, all the, all the writing that writes, you know, that, that um, makes up the story that the anchor could then go read at the desk because, you know, the people that are working in a newsroom writing the stories, those are really the people that kind of do all the work. I mean, not all the work, but I think you understand the message yeah. that I'm trying to get at with that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And that's, that's extremely important that you knew that um, you, I think a lot of people have the wrong perception of going into something thinking, okay, this is what I want to do. I did the schooling now get mm-hmm. me there. And, you know, it takes a lot exactly. more besides, you know, schooling is just one aspect or a piece of paper <laughs> that's yeah that's great it's a great accomplishment but it's only mm-hmm. so far that it's going to take you right now, exactly now one thing um that you've used as well is you use your life experience um to create your stories as well so when you became a mother it, initially you had twins to begin with now that <laughs> do twins run in your family they do run in our family but uh, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, my twin boys were our like 11th or 12th set in my family. However, it had been it had been 33 years since it since the set was born. So so when I had when I was pregnant with my twins, our most recent twins were my age, and I think I was pregnant with them at 34. So 
it had been 34 years since we had twins in our family. Then I got pregnant with twins. Then after I got pregnant, one of my cousins got pregnant with twins. And she's like, oh, my God, you started the curse, like, all over again, you know, because it had been so long. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, so. that's incredible. And I know that, you, you know, because with twins, a lot of times it, you might have them early. And so you mm-hmm. use your story, um, being a mother, to even add that to, I know you, you've had a blog and you've contributed to other, um, you know, uh, websites yeah. that, that mothers and people can read because me myself, when I first was introduced to you, I, my twins were, you know, uh, your twins were born first and, you know, my mm-hmm. twins, one of, you know, one of the twin sets was, was uh, my son who was born with the heart condition, but just, even though my twin daughter was healthy, just her in the NICU and reading your story, like just in general, just to read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this resonates so much because a lot of times I, I think as a woman, you feel you can't have particular emotions when it comes to your children and that you always have to be strong. And so you can't let people know your vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and you put it out yeah. there, you know, you wrote it and yeah. you let people relate. Yeah, I really did. Um, when, is when I was pregnant with my twins, uh, because I'm a journalist, I do like a lot of research and I did, I wanted to know exactly what to expect, you know? And I knew they were going to come early. And so I was just like, let me, let me read everything I need to know. So I, so there's no like surprises. And so um, with that though, I have like a lot of anxiety and fear too. So I would just like journal in my cell phone, you know, I would just write stuff. And then when, when they were born, I wrote everything down too, because I didn't want to forget anything. Cause I, I kind of don't have the best memory. I don't know like, like why, but sometimes like I just, things kind of get foggy for me and so I wrote them all down and then I realized like wow maybe if I shared this with somebody like it will help them feel a little bit more like at ease like you know I'll tell the truth but then I'll also kind of say but you can get through it you know but your baby will be okay and so yeah so after my twins um came out of the NICU and we're starting to like do really great and like thrive then I decided like, okay, I'm going to start writing for this. Um, it's like a medical blog and they have like a parenting section about prematurity. And so I was like, let me just send, let me submit a blog and see like if they'll accept it. And then they did. And so it kind of just went from there and they, they kept on asking me, you know, to write blogs and they didn't like pay me or anything. It just, it felt good knowing that I was just kind of like contributing maybe to another mom or another parent um, by giving them like a little sense of like, you know, what to expect and that, you know, to let them know that they were going to be okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, you're right that they <laughs> they don't necessarily get paid, but you do things to help out others. And I think that's really important. One thing that caught me off, well, it didn't catch me off guard, but I think it's important. You you mentioned you forget really easy until you write things down. And mm-hmm. I kind of chuckled to myself because mm-hmm. many times people think that you're, you're really accomplished and you're doing all these things that you must remember everything, but it's like, no, you, you're, you're human you just gotta yeah yeah sometimes I feel like maybe it's because there's like so much stuff that's happened to me I mean not to say that I mean like I always make and make it a point to say like 
somebody has it way worse than I do, right? Like, I mean, we always feel like whatever problems that we have in our own personal life, our own family, like to us, of course, it feels like the end of the world and it feels like the whole weight of the world is like on our shoulders. But I always say like, I know, like, thank, thank you, Lord, for what I have. I know somebody else has it way harder than I do. But I do feel like sometimes my like absent-mindedness is because I've carried like so much like in my heart and like on my shoulders as a mom. Yeah, no, definitely. And the whole believing that or knowing that, you know, there's others out there that have it worse. Is that something that was taught to you as a child or? Um, you know, not necessarily. I just, I just have learned that like, I feel things like really deeply. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Um, I haven't, you know, thank God I haven't like suffered like a lot of tragedies, like, you know, in my job as a news reporter, um, I tell people's like happy stories and then I tell people's like tragic stories that will just rip your heart apart, you know? And so I think maybe just being in the line of work that I'm in, um, I'm very well aware of how bad things are, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong, like life is beautiful and we're all blessed to, you know, be here every day to live it, but it's also really bad. And so I think just in the job that I do, I think being in it for so long it's kind of changed the way my mind operates and so I think that's why I always know that somebody can always have it worse because I see it every single day yeah no that's a great point I asked because you know that was one thing my mom always told me you know anytime I cry like oh sweetheart this is the worst of your worries you got no problems and that that's always yeah. stuck with me so definitely now I have another question um What type of obstacles or can you remember anything you encountered uh, that maybe almost had you stop pursuing your dreams or you maybe said, this is, this is not how, this is not working out. Was, is there anything you can recall or anything that you faced? Um, Yeah. You know, like when I moved to Idaho, um, I'm, I'm Latina. So I knew that I was moving to an area where there was not going to be a lot of people who looked like me. Um, And I was really afraid of that, but I didn't have a choice, right? Like when you get a job opportunity, when you're, you know, chasing your dream, you just take whoever will open the door for you, you know? And so that's what happened for me when I went to Idaho. Um, When I got there, my parents, like, they were so nice. Like they helped me get an apartment and, you know, I was all set up, you know, before they left me. But then when they left me and I had to, you know, drive to the news station every day and drive to the grocery store or go to the laundromat, you know, in this small town, it was the college town. I felt like so out of place because I was really like the only brown person there. Like I would maybe see one here or there, but everybody was predominantly white. And so because I, you know, grew up in like a mostly Hispanic or multiracial community, um, it was really made me, what's the, I, I felt like really insecure and vulnerable. Um, because one, I'm like a young girl by myself and two, like there's nobody else here that I could like identify with. And so it was very hard um, because I was trying to go to work every day to prove myself. And I felt like less than other people because I'm the only, you know, Hispanic person in the whole place. (laughs) So that was really hard for me. Um, Very hard for me, actually. Like I remember I would call my mom and dad crying. Like we talked often, probably several times a day. And I'd call them and say like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I'm so alone, you know, I don't think I ever really told them that I, it was because I felt insecure about being the only Hispanic person around, but that was kind of at the root of it all. And my parents would just say like, you know, 
if you want to come back, come back. Like they always made sure that I wouldn't feel any shame. Like if I wanted to give up, you know, but deep down inside, like I would never let myself give up. So what I would do would just, you know, they're my parents. So I would call them, I'd cry to them and I'd let them pick me back up. And then I'd turn around the next day and I'd go back. So that was a big one that I faced because it's really, it's hard in this kind of um, job, really any job. I think if you move to somewhere that's like foreign to you, you know, you, you have to learn a lot. Like I had to learn, you know, pretty much like a different culture because that part of the country is way different than Southern California. Um, and the only time that I felt like a little bit um, comfortable was there was actually um, an Indian or Native American reservation nearby. And so I would like to go there like they had certain stores and stuff and when I would do stories on the reservation like I felt at home because even though we're you know technically different like their skin looked more like mine so I felt like at home when I was there and they were such nice people so not to say that you know everybody else in my community wasn't nice it's just we were so different and so that was really hard for me to kind of get over but you know in the end it worked out and I ended up staying there for 18 months so yeah, I think it made me a better person for it. That, I, mean, <laughs> I do that, remember um, I do remember this one Christmas, I was there alone. And, you know, also in this kind of business, you work holidays. So I didn't have like any of the holidays off. And so I was like, man, I really want a Christmas tree. Like it would have been my first um, Christmas without a Christmas tree. And so I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but let me figure it out. So I went to the Christmas tree lot and got my Christmas tree and the guy that was working there was nice enough to like put it in my truck. And when I got back to my little apartment, I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So at that moment, like there was um, some people, some young guys from a local church and it was kind of part of their mission. They were just going around the neighborhood, like asking people for help. And they're like, do you need help with that Christmas tree? I'm like, I do. So they helped me take it all the way up to my second story apartment and, you know, that also really kind of made me feel a little bit more at home there. So there are people, you know, that'll make you feel at home. You just kind of got to find, you've got to look a little hard to find them. At least that's what I learned in my experience. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely important that you mentioned that. I mean, even though you're back in California and California has, uh, you know, very multicultural and, and has way more diversity, I think in the industry mm-hmm. you're in, we still see a lack of diversity as far as, um, mm-hmm. you know, the main you know, news reporter. I know even out here, I'm always surprised out here in the desert. I'm like, how are we such a huge, uh, you know, Hispanic population? And I don't see one Latino just reporting unless I put on Spanish news station, you know, and yeah, uh, I just think that that's really important to mention. So that, that, that definitely can usually stop people because you don't see yourself. So you just figure it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, that's great that you brought that up. Now, come fast forward to um, uh-huh. now, you know, you, you added to your family a few years back and then we, we meet and I've, I've seen a lot of extra things you've done. You recently um, came out with a children's book called Rainbow and Storms. And uh-huh. um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I... I always knew that I wanted to write a book one day, you know, as a, I think as a writer, a lot of writers, they, we always say like, we're going to write a book one day, right? That's just kind of what you do when you're a writer. So I always had thought about it, but I never really knew what I would write about. And so, you know, like we mentioned, my daughter was um, with her heart condition. I'm part of like a big heart mom community online. And so we used to live um, 
about an hour away from where we live now. And we ended up moving, selling our house because my daughter gets her primary care at the big children's hospital out here in Los Angeles. And we lived pretty far from there. So we decided that we would have to move a little bit closer. So we moved. And um, actually, this was on the day that um, I saw you at a heart walk um, in Orange County. And so that day, there was a big walk, you know, to fundraise and raise awareness for kids that have congenital heart disease. And so when I came home from that event um, to the house that I, we had just moved to, our neighbor was outside talking to my husband and they're like, hey, like, what do your shirts mean? Because we had on shirts, you know, that had hearts and said, her battle is my battle. And so my husband's like, oh, you know, our daughter was born with a congenital heart disease. And uh, my neighbor's like, you have got to be kidding me. He's like, my daughter was born with a congenital heart disease. And so ever since then, um, we obviously, you know, we became fast friends. And um, Jen Jackson is the uh, my friend that I co-wrote the book with. So her daughter, Layla, also has a congenital heart disease. And when we had that meeting, it was like, what are the odds of me moving to a new house? And my literal next door neighbor's daughter has the same, you know, disease that my daughter has. Like it just, it kind of like blew my mind, you know, because although um, CHDs, you know, are the most common birth defect, like sometimes you feel like you're the only person or like your child is the only person that has it, you know, because you don't know, uh, people don't walk around saying like, oh yeah, my child has that too, you know? So when we met each other and realized that we were next door neighbors, we were like, we have to write a book about this meeting because it's really special, or at least to us, you know, we thought it was really special. And um, so that's kind of where the idea for the book, um, that's where it came from, was our daughter's meeting and us being next door neighbors and kind of um, ever since then, like we leaned on each other um, in person a lot. So my daughter already had two open heart surgeries at that point, And her daughter was barely going in for her first open heart surgery about a week after we met. And so I was able, you know, being that I had been through that already, I was able to be there for her. And so that's kind of like the whole premise of our book was really just to write something for families um, and kids that go through this so they know that they're not alone and there's other people out there like them. No, that's, the, that story gave me chills. I, that, you were right. What are the odds of that happening? I, try, I even think mm -hmm. about, um, you know, what are the odds that uh, one of our mutual friends just messaged us that he would even, you know, think that that was, I mean, I would have never been brave enough if I heard someone else have a story. I knew my other friend had a story that's similar. I would have honestly never been brave enough to put you, them both strangers in a message and be like, hey, I think you guys can benefit from talking to each other. <laughs> I guess right? that's a guy thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so, it is. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't know about, you know, boundaries and stuff. And yeah, uh, but, you know, because of that, I was like, I can't believe he did that. But it, it honestly, it was the best thing he could have done, uh, at least for me personally, because, you know, you're right, you feel you're alone. I don't know anyone in the desert where I live at that um, has experienced it. No one's ever mm -hmm. heard of it before. And yeah, it's definitely, you definitely feel like you are on your own island. And so yeah. uh, in regards to the book, um, you know, I had read it when I had ordered it, when I saw it on there, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wrote a children's book. Even if it wasn't about, you know, CAG, I was like, I'm, I'm getting it. My kids love to read. And so I read it first. I, we had, it had came in the mail, but we didn't get home till really late that night. So I read it at nighttime. 
And then the next morning, my oldest reads it, and she immediately noticed the illustration on there as far, and I had, Mm -hmm. it literally went past my head. I had no idea that there was zippers in their shirts, and that's what, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't pay attention, and, you know, she noticed that, and um, it it, it just means it really was powerful to my kids, not because they necessarily go through, um, you know, the whole CHD, their siblings of it, but because, you know, it also... Um, creates that you know we we do have some some storms but like you're mm-hmm. you're teaching kids to look in the brighter side of things that there's a lot of positive and everything and even in relationships they build so it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting I recommend people to read it because um, it just it's just a powerful message so hopefully my my daughter asked she looked on the back of the book um, she was trying to see if uh, you guys had another series coming out <laughs> you know on the back oh. of those <laughs> other ones and so I was like, yeah, well, not yet, kid, but you know, <laughs> there, there might be more. So um, definitely know that definitely. kids are interested in that. <laughs> you have oh, a good that's population. great to know. Yeah. Thank well, you. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, what we wanted. We wanted the kids, you know, I tried to, we tried to make it like age appropriate for, you know, I, I like to call them little readers, like my twins, they're seven, they just learned how to read. And, um, and they really, you know, they, they uh, resonated with the story too. And I, I think even though it is based on like congenital heart disease and these, you know, these two little girls with what they're battling, I, I wanted to make sure that it was a message, you know, just of like love and like friendship that any kid, you know, even the healthiest of kids um, could walk away from after reading the book. Yeah. No, so that, thank you for the recommendation. Powerful. Yeah, it's definitely powerful. So we are waiting for the next series. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we actually, we're, we are working on one, so I'll keep you posted. I just find it so incredible that um, just talking to you, man, it's just so, so inspiring because you, you keep going for what you want to do, yet you're still working on just other projects, not stopping because you know that, you know, sometimes there's not necessarily a materialistic payout with like blogs mm-hmm. of helping other people out but you know ha- have you ever taken the time to realize how many people you do assist with all this or does it not even you're too busy to think no. about that <laughs> no yeah I guess I don't really think about that I, I you know sometimes you know as a writer you know your your biggest like achievement is like when you see you know we call it a byline when you on your on your story you see by you know Nisha Gutierrez Jaime that's my name okay and so I always worked for that like that's when you're a writer that's what you want like you want that that credit you want that you know accolade on on wherever on the website or you know on the tv screen or on the newspaper and so in the beginning like I always wondered like well I hope I hope you know I hope this story goes viral I hope so many people see this story or I hope different, you know, outlets pick my story up. And it's just different with the writing that I do, like the blogs and um, like the book. Like I really didn't, you know, obviously like we didn't do it to make money up um, a big portion of our sales um, is going to go to a national um, congenital heart disease um, association that we're working with or working on a campaign right now that I'll be announcing soon. But that's kind of really what we wanted because, I like, like you said, when you find out about your child being sick, like, I mean, yeah, you have like the doctors and stuff, but you still feel but like alone, you still feel like, who do I turn to? Like, where do I go? Like, where do I ask? You know, like, who's been through this? Like, whose kid is okay? You know, whose kid is not like, you want to know all of those things. And so when I do this kind of writing, like I, I, even if I feel like, 
five people like read my blog or even if, you know, 50 people like bought the book and maybe one of that went to a, a, a new mom whose baby was just born with THD. Like I, I, that's fine to me. Like that's what I think of. I don't, I don't think like, Oh, I hope this book like, you know, goes viral or something like that. Cause it's not really that for me. I mean, it would be amazing, but it just kind of makes my heart feel better. And like I said earlier, like, I don't know if you, how you like process all your emotions um, with your son and, you know, his condition, but like, it's been very, very hard for me. Like there was dark times, you know, like my book rainbows and storms, like there were so many storms that I felt as like a mom and I couldn't even imagine, you know, thinking of what my daughter has to go through. Right. She's the patient, you know, and even though she's little, I, I, I would just, find myself in such a dark place like you know because I would be so worried about her and my whole family you know like what would you know you know all those what ifs that kind of just swirl around in those dark dark days and so I just it really makes me feel better too when I when I do stuff like this because I feel like okay if I'm channeling like hope and rainbows and all of this like into the universe and maybe it'll you know come back full circle for my daughter and so that's kind of really what I what I think about when I do that kind of writing if that makes any sense at all oh definitely makes sense and just to let you know personally um you helped me out a lot as far as when I I I still remember you were like oh dear you just found out because Mm -hmm. um you know we didn't find out till after my son was born and you knew prior Mm -hmm to your daughter's birth and so you know you you felt bad for me and I felt bad that you had to know that whole time (laughs) and yeah I just said you know compassion and and empathy I was like oh my god you know like I it it really helped out so it just honestly I'm so glad you know okay she's okay so my daughter my son's gonna be okay and and, you know, you just need that hope. And I, I think that's that's why, you know, like this is why I do these talks. I think people need to see that, yes, there's lots of struggles, um, to, mm-hmm. but they also need that hope that there's still possibilities at the end and there's still really positivity at the end. It's just that, I guess, it's just the way you perceive life. Like you perceive that people always have it worse than you. And I like to think the same thing that, um, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. matter how bad we got it. I always say that to, at least we live in a country that has a technology um, to save our children and you know absolutely they, there's some areas that they don't so you know I that's that's the only thing that gets me out of my darkest days <laughs> just trying to mm-hmm. remember those things you know even though it's hard yeah, to that you're, time. yeah you're completely right that's absolutely true yeah no definitely so I appreciate you talking with me and I know that um you definitely still make an impact all the time and for anyone that is listening and has any questions, you know, please feel free to, you know, email us at plainsafe 0 at gmail.com. You know, if you want to, um, you know, please share and like and subscribe and share the story. I know there's plenty of moms and, and women and just people in general trying to make it in a industry and are struggling, whether they're trying to go into, you know, journalism or they're just trying to get started, but uh, maybe they've already completed the school and they feel stuck knowing that's they, they haven't got the opportunity and just hearing your story has been very um, inspiring and impactful. So I thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's also always great to connect with you and thank you to your um, listeners also. Yes, thank you. And I am going to stop.